today is our first podcast for Socha Hour and we are delighted to welcome none other than the Chief Exec of the National Housing Federation, Kate Henderson. So thank you and welcome Kate. Oh, I'm really <laughs> chuffed to be your first 2020 podcast interviewee. Yes, thank you very much. We're so much looking forward to kind of getting um, under the skin, I suppose, of where the Fed's going with shared ownership and a bit about your own personal journey, I suppose. Um, I'd like to start the podcast because I was lucky enough to sit on a panel with Kate at the NHF Future Leaders last year and um, Kate gave a really inspiring and motivating story, I suppose, of kind of how she got here in this lofty um, office in Hoban and, and how she became Chief Exec of the National Housing Federation at a pretty young age, really. We're both the same age, I think, so um, we'll stick with young. And um, <laughs> So, Kate, I wondered if you'd share with us a bit about your journey and, and kind of maybe a few tips for anybody listening and, and kind of, yeah, just how you got here, I suppose. Sure, great. Happy to. So... I grew up in rural Cornwall, um, literally the last school before you hit Land's End called Cape Cornwall uh, Comp. And growing up in that part of the world, I think it's really, it's a really amazing place to be. It's, it's absolutely beautiful, wild, rugged uh, countryside. But from, from a work perspective, um, I went to a school that you could be whoever you wanted to be. But I also had no real perception of, of class, of, of who else was, you know, the backgrounds of the people I was with. We were all just classmates. We were all just growing up in rural Cornwall. And I think that, that part of that background really helps with yeah. the job I'm in now, which is that you are speaking sometimes to people who are lords or baronesses <laughs> and have lots of letters before and after their name. Um, and at the same day, I might be in a homeless hostel. Yeah. And actually, this morning, I've, I've just been around a homeless hostel in Brick Lane in East London. Um, and that is part of the job, being able to relate yeah. to people. And um, if you work in housing, you do engage, whatever area you work in housing, you do engage with people every age, you know, every generation, in this job in particular, every bit of the country, but also from completely different backgrounds. Yeah. And so it's really important to be able to relate to people. Um, in terms of what I did then, moved to London, uh, studied, didn't study anything to do with housing. Um, did you just fall into housing like everyone else? <laughs> a, a little bit. I mean, I, I actually have a sort of a, an environmental technology background, which might be really helpful with the climate uh, crisis going Absolutely. forward. Um, but my, my background um, academically was much more kind of in the, in the physical sciences. Um, but then I, I got a job, um, the job that I was in prior to this one, and I didn't start as chief exec there, but I started as a communications and policy manager at an organisation called Town Country Planning Association. And again, really interesting small charity think tank, but working mm -hmm. a lot with the private sector and also with local government. Yeah. And that absolute realisation that you can't deliver great places unless <laughs> you know, you've got more than one voice at the table. Um, and also that those voices... Um, around the table need to share share the same vision yeah. and, and want to be in it together. Um, and I started in that, that role um, not straight out of university, I, I worked a bit in between, but going um, into that role, I was always just asking to, to have a seat at the table, <laughs> to come along to meetings, can I sit and shadow the board? Um, and from that, a couple of years in, and I'd become head of strategy, the, the then chief exec at that organisation went off to do a government appointment 
and they needed to recruit someone. But rather than going straight into recruitment, they did a six-month interim, which I was able to do. And I was in my late 20s, um, and it was amazing. And through that process, I realised that actually by having a seat at the table and trying by doing, that you can just achieve so much. And so when they did advertise and I went through the full external process, <laughs> I then got it. Uh, but that was in 2010, um, and as a charity, uh, the world changed in 2010 yeah, as an election, absolutely. and the policy environment changed. Welcome to the new job. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I had to make some, you know, to, to grow up really quickly and make some very big, difficult yeah. decisions, but it was great, a really good learning experience. But I think for me in that role, um, I guess... I was the, the, the youngest person who'd ever done it. The organisation had been around 120 right. years. Uh, yeah, the youngest person. I was the first person to run it that wasn't a planner. Okay. And again, that's really helpful, yeah. running an organisation and advocating something, but not necessarily being wedded to a really traditional yeah. way of doing things. Yeah. Um, and it means that you can see it from a much more kind of public viewpoint. Like, yeah. what does that acronym mean? And yeah. why are we talking about it? And what are we actually trying to achieve yeah. with this policy response? Um, but probably the, the thing that was, was most shocking to the sector, so I was the first woman in 120 oh. years to, to take on that job, which was, um, which was great. And it was a learning curve, and I spent a lot of time during the eight years that I was chief exec there, uh, being the only woman around the table. But that kind of changed over time. The board there changed. And then coming into the federation, we have you know, a, a really good diversity mm. on our board. It's a really dynamic sector yeah. I and mean, of course there's work to be done on equality diversity inclusion but I feel like progress has and is being made yeah. uh, and I'm definitely not the only woman no. at the table yeah and I love that story so thank you for sharing that and I think the, the main takeaway I took from when I heard you speak at future leaders was when you got offered the job at the federation and you were on the train or something back home and said to your husband oh I've got it I had two young kids or something um is it the right time now no but when is it <laughs> And, it's, and it is never the right time. And I think that like, for anybody um, that is thinking about that next move in their career or progressing, you know, don't hold yourself yeah. back. Like, you know, there's never the perfect time. Certainly when I started here just, um, just over a year ago, my kids were, uh, I think when I got the job, the kids were, I don't know, two and four, um, which is pretty full on. Uh, my first week in the job was Samuel's first week at school. Oh, nice. Uh, I didn't know who was more nervous, uh, probably me rather than him. Um, no, and it's, it, it's been great. And Good. actually, that change can, can happen because you're making the change yep. happen. And me having young kids running this place actually really helps other people who work here who have caring responsibilities yeah. not just children yeah. but you know life yeah um, at all stages and I hope also helps encourage you know our members yeah. housing associations people working in housing associations to also um, think about the art yeah. of the possible and, and not to hold yourself back Perfect. So that's the introduction that I wanted to give you guys um, of Kate, that those people that may not have been lucky enough to hear her speak or meet her in person. Um, and just sticking on the personal bit a little bit longer, why does shared ownership matter? Because we are doing social hours, so I suppose we should talk about shared ownership. <laughs> so why does social hour matter so much to you? So shared ownership um, has played a really important part in my own life and my own kind of journey and my own discovery of housing associations which happened long before um, I came into into the sector and that's for for two reasons one uh, was around my younger sister who has um, disabilities and, and she was born with cerebral palsy and is in a wheelchair 
and we had really big challenges of trying to find her somewhere to live after mm -hmm. she'd finished university and that was my first interaction with the housing association with Habentech who are a specialist one absolutely brilliant in terms of her having uh, an adapted accessible home but not just that it's not just a transactional relationship as a landlord it was yeah. all the support that went with it but from a shared ownership perspective my own experience is I moved from rural Cornwall moved to London for university and then spent a decade in the private rented sector and I reckon my average tenancy was nine months and that's nothing to do with me being a terrible tenant obviously um you know I had landlords that uh sold the property and didn't tell us oh nice that was nice nice uh, that was like lasted about six months that place um you know flatmates that move out and you can no longer afford yeah. it and just moving constantly and it was in 2009, um, I decided like, I couldn't handle just moving all the time, what was I going to do? And I looked and looked for somewhere to buy or somewhere to rent my own, and I just couldn't afford it. And then I started hearing about shared ownership, and um, I phoned a couple of housing associations that I saw adverts for, and they said, come in and have a, a chat, and a, 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 we, we can show you some properties, and we'll see whether you're eligible for it. And I was, um, and I was working in, um, at the TCPA, so in the charity. I wasn't in the chief exec role at the time, yeah. so I was in a really moderate charitable sector yeah. salary in a non-chief exec role. Um, and amazingly, I could afford a shared ownership <laughs> mortgage and had to pay the rent. And, and it was completely life-changing. So I got a, um, a new build flat uh, in North London which I moved into um, 2009, and I was there for six years. Okay. Um, I had my son there, oh. and it was just wonderful. And what I hadn't realised until I got the keys to that front door. Oh, and I moved in, and I had, like, absolutely no <laughs> furniture. I had, I don't think I had, I think I had, a friend had given me, like, a, a foot and sofa bed. Yeah. And my sister bought me a table. <laughs> that was it, but I was, like, I was so happy there with yeah. my Prosecco on the floor day one. But what was also really, really um, wonderful about it, and what I hadn't realised, was just that sense of relief that I wasn't going to have to move, Good. and that sense of security. Yeah. And I don't, I think that for housing for me is is about security. Yeah. It's about my mental health. It's about feeling safe um, and like I belong somewhere. Yeah. And I think that um, I hadn't realised how much I'd missed that yeah. until I got the keys to that place. And there's also the sense of, you know, I can decorate, I can put up paintings, yeah. I can make it my own home, which mm. you just couldn't do when you were, were, were renting. But not only that, it was more affordable. Yeah. It was like way more affordable than renting on my own, and it was, I couldn't have afforded an outright yeah. mortgage for 100%. And uh, yeah, it kind of gave me the foundations to make that step, yeah. to have a family even, to, yeah. to, to feel secure enough to. And I think that's, that's lovely, and it's so many of the positive stories that we hear so much of us guys working in the sector day to day that you know we hope to be able to transcend out a little bit more and to really see that impact that shared ownership has on people's lives and that security the fact they don't have to move kids from schools that they can be near close to families and stuff so really really um, pleased from our side of you that that's where you kind of came into the market so again thank you for sharing that so on to some um i suppose some wider contextual issues so we do have some political certainty now. We know Brexit's going to happen. Um, we've got a majority government that we've, we've not had for a long time. So how do you see kind of the home ownership agenda, you know, shared ownership specifically? How do you see that playing out in this 
kind of new but same world that we're embarking into? Sure. So with a new government that has a majority, we are likely to have more certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned uh, an interest in home ownership. I mean, we have a conservative majority government. Yeah. They really want to see <laughs> families, but also individuals, older people yeah. on the housing ladder. Um, and to, to have security of tenure. And, and for us at the Federation, we know security of tenure isn't just home ownership, no. but it is part of yeah. it. And our offer for that is shared ownership. So I think shared ownership um, will play a really, really important part of housing supply mm-hmm. um, under this government. And I think there is definitely room to be optimistic. And we know in, in the next five years, we're, we're planning on building more shared ownership yeah. than we did in the last 30 years. Um, and we also know from the, the housing need evidence that we've done at the Federation that, that, that shared ownership plays a really important part in that too. So I think it's actually one of the, the, the tools um, that we have for positive engagement with the new government. Yeah. And there's loads in the pipeline already yeah. and we're really excited about it. Perfect. And that brings us nicely onto um, the how National Housing Federation's national campaign to shared ownership which i am very fortunate enough to chair the steering group on on that campaign and have been involved since the beginning and it is so amazing and i say this to so many people but you know we kind of woke up as a group of salespeople and realized because we're quite competitive so we realized that actually we need to probably work together <laughs> um, and we'd always because it, it, we, we do have to compete against each other more and more now we realise that actually as corny as it sounds we are stronger together and actually we can pull some of our budgets and our marketing budgets and, and really make an impact with the guidance and the kind of um, the, the support and, and the will of a body like you guys and with you driving it behind us as well. So do you want to talk to um, Socha Ara a bit about how do you see the Federation making that lasting impact and difference on shared ownership through the campaign? And um, yeah, a bit about why you kind of got to doing a national campaign really because it's the first time that I think anybody in the federation have gone do you know what shared ownership is a part of what you guys do and it's a massive part of what our members do and we need to now start to discuss that I think we came to the campaign by working with our members (laughs) I think our members were the the ones saying actually this is really important to us um, and what I love about the work, and it's been two years in the making, uh, is that it's been co-created, yes. that this is by the sector, for the sector, yeah. to then help the public mm-hmm. get into shared ownership, yeah. to understand it better and to benefit from it. And I think um, the fact that it's been developed with the sector, by the sector, is, is really cool. Yeah. And that the sector, you know, in, in terms of actually the campaign itself... Um, over 40 housing associations have contributed yeah. to it so far. We obviously need more, yeah. so if you haven't, come on. <laughs> um, and there's definitely room for, for more to come on board. But the fact that it's been developed together, and actually, um, if we could do that more as a sector, if we could collaborate, the potential is absolutely huge. huge. Um, and it's a really exciting campaign, it's really exciting accessible campaign I'm really looking forward to sort of getting the reactions to it and seeing um, the launch on the 20th of January Um, but in terms of where we go next 
this is just the beginning. Um, so the campaign launches, but it's going to run over the next couple of years, and we hope it will evolve, evolve mm-hmm. and develop. Um, you mentioned the new government as well. So we have the kind of the, the media mm-hmm. launch, um, the marketing launch, which happens this month. In February, once uh, new MPs have had the, the chance to find out where their offices are and like how this voting thing works and how to find their way around the lobby and that kind of thing, um, we are planning on doing some parliamentary activity too because this is a really, really important way of engaging with new MPs, of engaging with the new government about what we do as a sector. And I think sometimes with um, when, we, when we're talking about affordable home ownership as housing associations, it's almost like this sense of, oh, is that taking us away from our social purpose? Should we be doing that? And I fundamentally believe that this is so core to our social purpose. This mm-hmm. is really something that housing associations can offer people that chance to have a stake in their community. And this is not an either or with social rent. We need social rent, we need all of that support to go in there. We need a huge number of, you know, of social homes, and I genuinely believe that, but shared ownership complements that. And it is such a, um, a game changer. It changed my life, and I'd really like other people to have that opportunity. And I think it's, it's great that, that housing associations are taking the charge on this. And I think the campaign um, is, is a really significant moment for us. It is, and it's and and if we had video here, you could see Kate's face light up around the campaign and how excited she is about it. And for those that have seen it, um, I'm sure you share the same excitement. And it's started to leak out on socials now. So after you've listened to this podcast, get onto Twitter and have a look at the campaign anyway. But it really is different, and and like Kate said, it has been co-created by everyone across the sector and stakeholders and our commitment was that we needed to cut through some noise and we were going to dare to be a little bit different so um i from from my point of view personal point of view of working in the sector for some time i want to thank you guys at the federation for being brave enough i think to change that narrative a little bit and say no this is as important as well as and it doesn't need to like you said before be an either or so um i think we've got a few exciting months and years ahead oh we definitely do i'm going to interrupt you there because uh, this needs to be a little bit of a mutual appreciation society i don't think we'd have got anywhere near this stage without your drive and enthusiasm and the role that you've played on leading our national group and also just being like the most amazing social media advocate for shared ownership but it makes a difference you know what's what you know so Tower has achieved it is just phenomenal in terms of the energy the activity but the engagement and it goes up and up and up yeah. and that's great no thank you very much and and, that, and that's really great to hear and like we say we're in our third year so um we must be doing something a bit right so to start to wrap things up kate um what do you think as a sector we do well in this space of shared ownership i think you provide some really outstanding homes mm-hmm. and I love seeing uh, the stories of people getting the keys to their to their homes. Uh, I was just yesterday. I was um, visiting some absolutely beautiful uh, shared ownership homes in Bracknell. I, I just think that the sector yeah. can do this brilliantly. Yeah. Quality homes, 
in sustainable communities that people want to live in. And I think, again, um, you know, my experience of shared ownership was a flat, but lots of the shared ownership I see yeah. are, are beautiful flats, but also lots of beautiful homes, homes with gardens, yeah. family homes, Absolutely. homes for people who are perhaps downsizing from yeah. a bigger family home as their, their kids have moved out and in slightly less space but still want a house. Yeah. You know, I think um, we can build really high quality homes in yeah. sustainable communities but we can also provide a really good service so we can support people in that that process of of actually yeah. getting their mortgage of checking their affordability of being able to to go into a shared ownership tenancy um, and mortgage arrangement and actually for me when I went through that process I was really supported all the way through yeah. I've never done it before I've now since done it as a as a homeowner and it's way more stressful <laughs> Um, because you don't have somebody there supporting yeah. you and saying actually this is what you need and this is who you need to speak to yeah. and this, you know actually helping you through that which and makes a big difference and I think that's again you know part two just to jump back a little bit to the what the aims of the national campaign are our first aim is you know to set out what it is and what it isn't but then we know we've got work to do around to make sure that whether you're looking for a shared ownership home in Penzance or you're looking at one in Liverpool then the process should be the same for you so so this is where um, you know we're really excited that the commitment of the federation to have this as a long-lasting campaign obviously with as many members joined up as possible will enable us to make that much better so on the flip side of that then what do you think the sector can do better in the space of kind of shared ownership um be proud and tell our story. And I think housing associations do so many wonderful things, but we don't always differentiate ourselves from others who are building homes and others who are managing homes. And uh, in terms of, of the build, of course, when we build homes, we might work in, in partnership with mm -hmm. private sector contractors or volume house builders. But for us, when we build, we want our homes to be as good quality in 50 years' time as they are on day one when the first resident moves in, because that's our asset yeah. too, and so that's really <laughs> important for us. Um, and we are very different to, to others who manage homes mm -hmm. as well. We're not, you know, private landlords. We're not just there to make profit. Housing associations are not for profit. Of course, we create surplus, but that's reinvested in doing more of the good stuff: yeah. community investment and affordable housing. And I just, that, you know, I, my plea to the housing association sector and what we could do better on is around telling our story and differentiating ourselves. And that is part of this campaign: it's actually saying who we are, what shared ownership is, why you want to have shared ownership yeah. with the housing association, um, and having a, a website that tells our story as well. Perfect, perfect. Thank you for that. Um, I suppose I'm going to end a bit, I'd be amiss to not kind of, and I know you've alluded to your thoughts on Socha Hour already, but I think what we're, what we're aiming to do is, through this podcast series, is, is find out people's thoughts on it, because obviously we want to evolve it, we want to use all of the information and data that we have, which we've got three years of chats. And we're going to be working with JLL and Savills to do some research and actually turn that into something tangible and meaningful. But what are your thoughts as Socha Hour enters its third year, a weekly Twitter hour on shared ownership? What, what are your thoughts and, and would you encourage people to, to get involved? So I've been amazed about how many people get involved in those conversations on a weekly basis. And I think that that is, um, it's incredible what you've achieved and the, the reach that you get. I think So Chat Hour, combined with 
our new campaign mm -hmm. has the real potential to broaden the conversation Agreed. and I think in 2020 I think last year having followed many of those conversations on Twitter um, really really good sector engagement mm -hmm. um, really good discussions and debates sometimes a bit technical yeah. uh, sometimes quite policy focused and what would be fantastic in 2020 is if it was really consumer focused yep. because our campaign the campaign we've been working on together it's around the public. Yeah. It's really around kind of, you know, busting those myths, mm -hmm. what it is, what it isn't, really good factual information. And then, where can I go and find one of these wonderful shared yeah. ownership homes? And I think actually engaging right across um, the consumer interest with the public, yeah. as well as with the sector, yeah. so it's not an either or, would be a great thing to do for, for Social Chat Hour this year. Well, you heard it from Kate herself. You need to be getting your customers logged on every Wednesday evening at 8 at 8 p.m. to join in the conversation to spread the word. And I think the more people we can get talking about shared ownership and and how much it changes people's lives along with this amazing campaign about to launch i think it's an exciting few years ahead so thank you very much for your time today kate and um yeah we hope to speak to you really soon thanks very much